Welcome to the Wonder Project Podcast. Happy to introduce you to my friend Amy. Hi, my name is Amy, and this is my contribution to um, the Wonder Project uh, podcast. So, um, I guess I I kind of consider this as like the, the the it gets better campaign for lesbians and gender nonconforming females. So basically, I I'm gonna be talking about myself, but you know I'm, I'm gonna try not to make this like a narcissistic sort of navel-gazing, like, this is me, this is what I do, and isn't this great? And more try to connect, you know, what I do in my life now and my life experiences to a broader sort of um, message about about thriving, about how about how we can thrive as gender non-conforming females and how we can kind of be there for each other and to know that there's a lot of us out there and that you're loved and that you're wanted and there's... There's a lot of different ways to be yourself, and I kind of want to present my experience with that. So, um, like I said, my name is Amy. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm originally from New Jersey. I live here with my partner of seven years, and we stereotypically have, you know, two dogs and a cat, and we're very, very into our pets, you know, you know how, you know how that goes. Uh, so, and that's, you know, that's basically my day-to-day. Um, I'm not going to get too... I'm not going to talk too much about the Michigan Women's Music Festival. Uh, it was the most important, probably, influence on me personally. Um, but I feel like I feel like you really had to be there to to understand it. And I'm not going to really get into an explanation. I want to move forward um, with with other projects for for females to sort of embrace ourselves. Um, so I guess I'll start chronologically with my childhood and we'll kind of, you know, build up from there. I was always, you know, a tomboy, a really masculine, um, masculine butch child. <laughs> um, I was mistaken for a boy all the time. My family hated it. <laughs> um, they were, whenever I would get mistaken for a boy, I, I really didn't care. I didn't see what the big deal was. So what if someone thought you were the opposite gender. I didn't really think it was the end of the world, but my, my parents were very embarrassed, you know, and, um, they, you know, they, they won't, they, they've come, they've come a long way and they would never admit to it now, but, uh, it was, it was very difficult for them. And I think if I, you know, if I had grown up in this generation, I don't, I don't know if they would have considered to raise me as a female. I don't know. I don't know what, what would have been worse for me is, is, is them trying to, enforce female socialization on me or actually transitioning me into into something that I'm not um anyway so it was never um w- when I look back on it it's I don't think it was ever really about you know wanting to be a boy it was very much about um recognizing you know the mobility and privilege and freedoms that boys had and girls weren't allowed to have. I didn't have the language for that, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't read like, you know, I wasn't reading feminist literature at like 10 years old, so I didn't really have the language for that. 
But looking back on that now, I think I think that's really what it was, is I was just rejecting the way I was being socialized. And, and it kind of came out as, you know, wanting the world to see me as a boy. Um, so now, I mean, I live in the Midwest and I look like this. And surprisingly, I get served a lot less out here because this is your typical midwestern farmer woman <laughs> this is kind of this is basically what they this is what they all look like um so i can't i can't even tell when someone's a lesbian out here <laughs> so you think you think you know being in the midwest are a little more conservative and they would have more stricter gender roles they actually kind of don't straight women look like men all the time out here it's really weird um so but you know when i am occasionally served i don't I don't care. I don't even really correct the person. Usually when I open my mouth to speak and they realize that I'm a female, they get very embarrassed, you know, and they're very apologetic. And it's, I, I don't, I don't really understand, you know, I don't understand. I guess I do understand why that is, but, uh, I just basically end up feeling bad for them. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just, that's not really, that's not really a problem for me. Um, I think who, who I am, um, like, like anybody, who we are is, is, is very, very much connected to the, the, the time period in history where we had kind of formative years. So when I was in high school, it still was not okay to be out. Nobody was out. I think we all kind of knew who the gay kids were, but, you know, you weren't allowed to say anything. Um, fast forward a few years later to college, and now all of a sudden it's like cool to be to be gay or to be lesbian identified or things like that. Uh, people questioning their assigned uh, sex or questioning their you know th th their assigned gender like that really wasn't it was just sort of starting, but it wasn't kind of mainstream out there. <laughs> so you know basically. Um, in college, when I was introduced to, uh, you know, feminist literature and theory, plus coming out as gay, um, you know, there really wasn't, people were really, really questioning those things. So for me, that's kind of where I, I, I became basically a gender atheist. Instead of, instead of this idea that there are several genders to choose from, and you, you can pick which one you want to be, and that's your identity. Um, for me, you just it, it just shouldn't exist, gender. Gender shouldn't exist at all. It's a pretty simple idea. Um, and I, I was just never able to wrap my mind around, you know, choosing which gender you want to be when it's an institution that just we just shouldn't have it. Um, and I think it's very conservative to try to to try to, to, to try to insist that everybody has a gender. What the, what the fuck? No, we don't. The, the <laughs> um, it's like saying everybody has a unicorn. Like it just doesn't exist. So, um, yeah, I, you know, th this, this is a time where I kind of made, you know, my formative kind of identity and how I understand myself. Um, so what this means for me now is I don't, I don't really feel connected as, as a peoplehood, as a tribe, so to speak, with gay people or necessarily queer people. Like, I don't feel like, you know, gays are my people, like Stonewall is my history. I really don't feel that way. Um, I feel much more of a kindred tribal connection with other females. Um, these are the people that I share 
that I share a history and a peoplehood with all, you know, straight women, whatever, you know, um, you know, female children, anybody, anybody who's really female. And, and even in my priorities and who I vote, like, I don't, as far as voting goes, like, I, I don't give a shit who, you know, lawsuit over who won't make cupcakes for whose wedding. I just don't care when, you know, we have things that affect me as a female, even though, even though I don't have sex with men, uh, abortion and birth control are, are basically my most important political issues that affects me as a member of the female class that has more direct consequences for me than anything that, that than gay marriage or, or expanding, you know, any sort, any sorts of employment rights or whatever. It just doesn't, for me, those things, it, it's not that they don't matter. It's just that they're just not a priority for me personally and politically. Um, so, uh, needless, okay, needless to say, like, I just, I don't go to pride. I don't really feel a part of that culture whatsoever. Um, and so that's, you know, that's basically my, my history and kind of how I came to have the opinions that I have and the outlook on life that I have. I want to kind of talk about my life now and the things that are important to me and the things that I do. Um, I'm hoping in a way, um, I, I want to kind of give an image of just, you know, my, my personal growth and how I came to how, how I currently navigate the world as a gender nonconforming female and the things that I do to make me happy and fulfilled. So, uh, I, I have, I have too many hobbies and I'm good at none of them. That's basically what it comes down to. Um, I play guitar and I write songs. I, uh, I'm really into learning, um, Semitic foreign languages. That would be Hebrew and Arabic. Um, my partner is Israeli, so I have someone, I have someone to practice with. And I just, I really like this feeling of being this kind of, you know, Indiana Jones, like deciphering this old ancient text and stuff like that. So, um, I do that. And, uh, but the thing that takes up most of my time is, um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. When I'm, when I'm not at work, I'm basically training uh, jiu-jitsu, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically a grappling or like a wrestling sort of um, form of martial arts. So um, I can show. You. I don't have a video of me doing it because I'm pretty. I'm pretty self-conscious <laughs> about people seeing it. So I just. I'll just show you my gi here. Um, and as you can see, I'm still a white belt, which means um, which means I'm really not that great at it. <laughs> um, it's. It's something that, like everything in life, I kind of do it at my own pace. Uh, everyone I train with, almost everyone, is male and about 10 years older than me and a lot thinner than me. So I have, um, I guess what you can consider several disadvantages <laughs> when, when I show up every day. Uh, so I just kind of try to do my best, but I mean, and I'm hoping to, you know, eventually someday... Uh, I'd like to maybe teach, you know, a women's self-defense course or do something to make this very practical because it's all, there's no, there's no striking. It's just basically using leverage of people's bodies in order to choke them 
or get an arm bar or a leg lock or some sort of submission where they either can't breathe or they're in pain and <laughs> they can't move. It's, it's all a controlled atmosphere, so there's nothing like sadistic about it. But um, so, uh, yeah, w with this specific sport, um, this has made me feel more connected to my body than really anything else I've done. So as far as the gender dysphoria that I still carry, even though I've read all the theory and all this stuff, and I've, I've worked in my internalized misogyny and all this, blah, 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 you still always carry it with you a little bit. But this, this sport gets me more in my body than anything else I've ever done. It's the most difficult thing physically I've ever done. And the way I can push myself to get my body to do things, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just constantly surprised at the things I can do. Um, you know, I'll drill something for like a month or something and finally be able to pull it off on some, some big dude or whoever and just be like, wow, I can do that, you know? So that's, um, I would say for anyone who's experiencing gender dysphoria, I, I wouldn't make any suggestions on who should or should not transition. I don't know anything about that. But if, if you can find a way to get into your body physically and, and just intellectually, the way, the way something like martial arts does, um, that has given me just the, the confidence to be in the body that I'm in more than any other thing. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to continue that, hoping I don't get, you know, plowed over by some 25-year-old, uh, you know, muscle hulk or whatever one day. That probably won't happen, but I don't know. So, um, yeah, I'm just basically, you know, I just work a job that's, you know, that's whatever. But uh, this is... You know, these are my goals, and this is kind of what I do. And I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping in this video, I was able to present an image of, you know, of a different kind of life of somebody that walks through the world looking like this and dealing with the assumptions that people kind of make. And as I get older, I kind of give a shit less about that. <laughs> and I was able to, I didn't really get into some of the more difficult things, but you know, I was able to sort of find a way to be in my body and to live and to live a fulfilling life, feeling isolated from gay and queer culture uh, and, 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 and feeling isolated from mainstream culture a lot of times because, like, you know, people that look like this can be threatening depending on who you're talking to. And finding a way to deal with my dysphoria and finding also creative outlets for myself and finding a wonderful partner and, and little little child pets, you know. So, um, yeah, I hope I was able to sort of to give an image of that. And if you're out there, um, you're loved and you're wanted. And just be yourself. You'll, you'll find it. You'll find your way. Thanks, Amy, for submitting your video. If you're interested in participating in the Wanted Project podcast, please check out wantedpodcast.com and find out what it takes to participate. We'd love to have you. And remember, you are wanted, you are loved, and we want you to know it. Mothers and daughters, women born, women, and we gather in the light of the August moon. Amazon women and we're out in the woods and we heal by the light of the August moon. Deaf women, hearing women, dancing in the light of the August moon.
girls and women in the Michigan woods. And we love by the light of the August moon. First time I came to festival, learned I'd always been afraid. To finally lay that burden down, I could not believe the way.